For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Not the winningest episode of the show that we've ever had, but still be a good one. I'm I'm confident of that. Yep. So we are back on another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. We're starting off a little bit differently because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. This is the first Wednesday of May. And if you follow us on any social medias, you will have seen that we have instituted what we're calling uh, the Wisco Fanatics Wednesday Gratitude Challenge. So every Wednesday, uh, we are looking for something in Wisconsin sports and something in our personal lives to be grateful for. Um, this is going to be part of Mental Health Awareness Month. And we have posts planned for every single day of May. So mm-hmm. every single day this month, we're going to have something that is somehow related to not only sports, but also to life to benefit the mental health of our followers, because that's what that's what we're trying to do. And we're kicking it off with with a, a gratitude challenge for today. So I'm going to go first for yep. me with with Wisconsin sports. One thing I'm grateful for is high expectations. I am, mm. I am grateful that we have the Packers that we expect to win and the Bucks that we expect to win and the Brewers that we expect to win and two Badgers teams that we expect to win that we cover every week. That's yeah. seriously something to be grateful for. I can't picture being in a scenario where, you know, a, a football team is excited to win eight games and lose nine and to have that be a step forward for your franchise and not a step backwards. Is that, is that a shot? Is that a shot? Are you, are you taking a shot at Detroit Take right now? Take are away with you. I think you just took a shot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. And as for, as for personal life, I do have a very uh, loving family that I do really appreciate. And I'm sure that will pop up as one of my, gratitude challenge things for my personal life Mm -hmm. but today and this is going to tie into our um our special announcement but i i am grateful for the ladies at mental health america for tim dillard uh the brewer's former pitcher for being connected with him for him connecting us with uh katina shaw from the milwaukee brewers Uh, so i'm definitely thankful for tim dillard for connecting me with her and then for her to be helping us with what is going to become our special announcement. And again, I know we've said it a couple of times, but I'm super grateful for the ladies at Mental Health America because they are helping us big time. And we will discuss that with our our special announcement. So, Jake, I'm going to let you go and then we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. So uh, I was actually going to give a shout out to uh, ladies at Mental Health America, too. So I'm glad that you did. You're obviously smarter than me. Uh, If you've watched this show at all, people have have caught on to that pretty quickly. Um, In terms of Wisconsin sports, I got to be honest, man. Um, I think that we and this is why I get so upset when we read comments and stuff. I think that we got some spoiled babies here, but I am extremely thankful that we've got to see some of the greatest athletes of our time in any sport. Um, (laughs) um, I I mean, Giannis people, you know, people are already freaking out. Bucks fans are already freaking out, you know, Oh, we're in the middle, we're in the middle of his prime. We're wasting his prime. Like 
dude, his prime, your prime doesn't start till you're 28, okay? It just started. He is 28. He's literally Kevin just Durant started 35 and still discussed as one of the best. Le- LeBron is LeBron is 38, right? And he's still one right. of the top 10, you know, eight, five players in this league. You know, if you right. you take IQ into the equation, he's literally right. just starting his, his prime. So people need to, you know, chill Max. on that, first of all. Um, I'm thankful that we got to watch the pairing of, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams together. And I know that some Packers fans are a little salty right now because we, we've lost both of them, in, you know, back-to-back off seasons. But literally being able to sit down on a Sunday and watch one of the greatest duos ever to play football together, you know, for multiple years. Like, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers were literally made for each other from the football gods. I've said this before. Rodgers has the quickest release I've ever seen. Devontae gets open faster than anybody I've ever seen. They were literally made for each other from the football gods, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, we've seen so many great, you know, Badgers players, Brewers players. I mean, I, I we could talk about this for hours. This could be a bonus episode for our favorite players. Um, I mean, we're going to have it every Wednesday, so we got this coming up three more times yet at least. I, I just saw a post that uh, ESPN is doing a 30 for 30 on Reggie White. Who the yep. hell doesn't love Reggie White? That's going to be awesome. I'm definitely watching I feel like, that. I feel like unless he, like, personally wrecked your team, like you love Reggie White, and even if he didn't, like, even if he did wreck your team, like, you still like Reggie White or at least respect him. Right. Um, in terms of my personal life, uh, I'm going to get a little sappy like Tyler. I'm extremely thankful for my girlfriend. She – I understate her a lot, but she de- she deals with a lot on, uh, on a day-to-day basis. So <clears throat> I'm thankful for her for allowing me to chase my dream, um, allowing both of us to chase our dream, and, you know, making me a dad um, – I don't want to get all sappy, but I mean, this is my daughter's hands right here from the first day she was born. There's nobody on this planet that I love more than, than my, my baby girl. Um, I'm extremely thankful for, for my stepson. He allows me to to coach him and grow as a person that way. Um, I coach him in football, coach him in basketball. We haven't lost a game in over two years, so I don't even remember what losing is like. Um, <laughs> so, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um I, I'm just I'm thankful for for all the people. I'm thankful for you, my man. Um, I'm thankful for the people that comment on our show every day. Uh, truly, I am a, a very blessed person in a lot of ways, and I got a rock star life, man. It's just getting started. That's all I got to say. Uh, James James popped in. He said he's grateful for his girlfriend, his dad, friends and family, and his therapist. That's his. That's for his personal. And we, you know, we had. We had this challenge issued out, and we're going to do this for the next three Wednesdays, uh, the final mm-hmm. Wednesday of May, because there's actually five Wednesdays in May. The, the last one is going to be a surprise until we get there, because I think that one's going to be a little tough for some people to to handle. But <laughs> hopefully, at the end of 31 days, we will uh, we'll have some good answers for that one. But um, we're just getting it started for for mental health month. So we're getting there. It's day three. There's 28 days to go. We have posts planned for every single day. So for me to toss in uh, the ladies for mental health America, that ties into our special announcement that we're going to do now. And Mm -hmm. Jake and I have the date finalized. It is May 22nd. uh, That we are invited by the Milwaukee Brewers to American family field. To, we're going to be able to present ourselves as Wisco fanatics with the ladies from Mental Health America. And we are there to basically present our show and what we're doing um, mm-hmm. as part of Mental Health Awareness Month. We've, yeah, we've been 
invited to American Family Field. We have the date. We don't have all the specific details yet, but right. uh, we know that that's the day that we're going to be there. So if you want to if you want to show up for the Wisco Fanatics, uh, May 22nd is the day to do it. And uh, Taylor, Taylor, you know what excited, to do. Super you know excited do. for it that uh, that we'll be in American Family Field as Wisco Fanatics. And um, it's it's super cool. It's we're really at a point where we're uh, we're leveling up with what we're doing. And it's it's kind of. Like I hate using the word surreal because it like it is, but like it feels generic to say. But it, it really does feel kind of crazy that basically a little over two years ago we decided that hey we were going to take this in a more positive direction instead of just sports, mm-hmm. and now now we're actually being invited by one of the teams we talk about every week into American Family Field as Wisco fanatics and not just attending as Brewers fans. Um, so it's a very, very exciting experience that we have coming up in a few weeks. I'll say this. First of all, May 22nd is now known as, uh, well, Taylor, we're going to try, uh, we're not there yet. Um, may, may, maybe, maybe I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rule anything out because we're pretty fucking awesome. I'll, I'll but, settle uh, for throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> shit, bro. Shit. <laughs> um, Charlie Barron style, dude. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say May 22nd is now known as Willie Adamas slash Wisco Fanatics Day for the Brewers. Um, if we can make that a yearly ritual, I would definitely be on board. I'm up for it. You know, you said that it's, you know, you said your part, but what I'm going to say is I think that it's going to be kind of an out of body experience and that's kind of generic to say too. But when we walk in there, bro, I'm literally going to be on cloud nine. Like what is happening right now? But it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. I'm so excited for it, man. Uh, my work already gave me off. I talked I talked to my HR lady, and I was like, "Listen, I'm gonna need a day off in May, okay?" She's like, "Why?" I was like, "Just just, just give me the day off." And she's like, "Oh, okay, cool." So I got May 22nd off, so we're good to go. All right, you should take that Tuesday too, just in case we get to stay. Late. Oh yeah, I, I I got both off. My girlfriend's not happy about that, but hey, she she'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, there's when we get some more details, we'll we'll definitely fill people in. But right now, yeah, we real. know that May twenty second is the day that we're going to be there. So, also, Tim, I know you're watching, and I would love to meet you there. Uh, Tyler got to meet you. I did not get to meet I did. you. Yeah, I got. I to would meet love to already. get to meet you, Tim. Taylor, I would love to get to meet you. Josh, I don't want to meet you. I already know you. <laughs> so there's Have me going back to old Jake. <laughs> See you at Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, James, James, despite being a Celtics and Red Sox fan is also a Titans and a, um, or sorry, a Saints fan He's in Tennessee. He's a Predators fan who are affiliated with the Milwaukee Admirals and they extended their affiliation. So other than that, he doesn't do Wisconsin sports, but Hey, we appreciate you still watch the show, even though you're not super uh, tied to any of our teams. He comes here. Uh, what's up, Bill? Bill, if you didn't catch the special announcement, get some Brewers tickets for May 22nd. Yes, Jake and Bill. I are gonna be there. Would love to meet you as well. That would be fantastic. Let's just let's just get Absolutely. all of our like OGs together. We'll take a big big giant photo. We'll post it on the page, man. That would Dude, be that'd be awesome. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. All right. So Jake and I, we we uh we purport ourselves as advocates for positivity and optimism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. And this this presents not only a difficult situation, but also 
a very, very unique opportunity for us to talk through a scenario of missed expectations. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what we're dealing with. You know, we've we all watched game five of the Bucks. We know that the Bucks had a double digit lead, lost it, missed tons of free throws, ended up losing in overtime. Jake and I don't want to focus on the recap aspect as much. I mean, there's whatever has been said is already been said. I know we can bring up the runs, the free throws, whatever, the decision-making, coaching, the fact that Budenholzer's brother died. Like, we can talk about all that stuff, and we will get to those things. It's probably going to be more of an off-season thing, though, when we discuss what we think we should be doing going forward. Um, But what we really want to discuss is not only the fan base aspect of it, but also some of the the things with the series. So... um, Addressing the fan base, and I wanted to do this with the Game 5 thing before we talk about the series as a whole, is if you were one of those people who declared the series over before Game 5 even began, I just want to ask, like, what does that gain you? Like, is it is it having the ability to say, I told you so? Like, does that really do it for you? Are you trying to mentally prepare yourself? For, for the Bucks to be eliminated if that's what should happen. And my next two questions are are rhetorical because I'm not posing them to you, Jake. And I mean you can answer it if you want to, but this is really for really for those more calling it over before it's over people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The two questions that I want to ask one, are you proud of that? And two what if somebody said that about you? What if mm. you're in a scenario where you're going into this, you know, a tough scenario in life and somebody was declaring it over before you even had the chance to make, you know, whatever was going to happen, good or bad, happen? I I, ha- I actually have a scenario that I can compare it to. It popped in my head almost immediately. So say you're a person who's down on their luck. got fired from a job or whatever bills don't stop what if you you know and then this goes with with negative mindset that you have to change this right what if you're going to an interview and it could be your big break man um you're gonna get paid good good benefits close to home you know your car your car hasn't been great so it's close to home so no matter what you can still always make it to work you can ride a bike you can walk it's a walking distance to work right yeah what if before you go in there you're already mentally telling yourself that you're not going to get the job. You're not good enough for it. What, what if you're doing that? You're cutting yourself short. You're not even giving yourself a chance to succeed at that point. You're already setting yourself up for failure, and that is no way to go through life, my friend. I promise Look you Look at that. Look at that. We have connected Wisconsin sports to real life. Man. <laughs> Look at two minutes. Yeah. I mean, and th- those people who have that mindset, those are the people that have the mindset of, I'm going to expect the worst, but hope for the best. And I'm going to tell you right now from experience, I have been that person in my life before. You're not gaining anything out of that. It doesn't serve you well. You're, you're, you're not emotionally saving yourself from anything. No. You're, you're not. So, so I'm going to tell you something right now. You either get tough or life is going to make you tough. You make a goddamn choice yourself. I choose to get tough. That's all I got to say about it's- that. It's 
you know, if it's going to be like you said, and then the, in the way that you're saying it, like it's easier to do it yourself than to for life to make it happen to you. Exactly. And this is what I'm going to say is with with these missed expectations that we're dealing with with the Bucks, and this kind of ties into what Giannis said, which we're going to save. Like we're not going to dive super deep into Giannis's um, his post-game discussion because yeah. we're going to save that for another day this month. Yep. But this, these missed expectations is an opportunity to use disappointment as motivation. Yep. And one of the things that we say a lot is instead of looking at things as problems, look at them as opportunities. You can say it's a problem that the Bucks got eliminated early. You can look at it that way, and then there's, what do you do? You don't solve it. You complain until the next season starts. Yep. Or you can look at it as an opportunity, which is what Jake and I are doing. And it's an opportunity to use that disappointment as motivation. And Bill said he's living in that realm right now. It's hard to be positive some days, but it's harder to be negative all the time. And, you know, it'll make your life harder to be all the time, you know, to be negative all the time. It is easier, though. It's easier to be negative, but it's going to make your life harder. That's for damn sure. Bill, I'm just going to say this, man. I, Tyler knows. But, you know, in, in December, in January, in February, I was going through a lot of shit, man. Um, I had a lot of personal life stuff, like, outside of this show going on. But, you know, me choosing to be positive made it a little bit easier to deal with that stuff. And instead of just laying down and being like, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, I chose to get up and I chose to fight, you know, because I, I have a family I have to fight for. It's not just myself. But um having kids watch you having having you know knowing you have friends over here that are watching you knowing people that depend on you yeah you, know, you just you just get up you dust yourself off and you, know, you, you just keep going um Dwayne Wayne had a commercial when, when Tyler and I were really young and you know I can tie this into Wisconsin sports too because he went to Marquette uh we love Dwayne Wade Dwayne Wade has a killer killer instinct killer mindset but he had a commercial he talked about get knocked down seven times you stand up eight it doesn't matter how many times life knocks you down as long as you're willing to stand back up. And Bill, you're you're a tough guy. You're a smart guy, so I know you're gonna figure it out, man. And honestly, we always got you over here. So if you ever need to talk, man, you just hit us up. This is the, the another parallel that works really well for sports and life is mm-hmm. that dealing with the disappointment of losing, whether it be not getting a job or your favorite basketball team getting knocked out of the playoffs early is that losing makes you appreciate winning. Mm-hmm. So before, when I mentioned being grateful for high expectations and talking about an eight-win season, one team's looking at it as a disappointment. The other one's looking at it as a building block. Think about that. <laughs> in the same scenario. It's, the, it's the, the example of two people, each with their hand in a bucket of water. One has their hand in a bucket of hot water, one has their bucket in a hand of cold water, and then they both put their hands in a bucket of lukewarm water, room temperature water. One feels it as scalding hot. The other one feels it as freezing cold. It's all about your perception. But you yeah. need it. You, you need the perception. So that, that losing makes you appreciate winning is, is a true thing, and you can use it for, for life or for sports. Now... Yeah. I want to bring up some things about the team, and this is really more, I guess I should have uh, bannered this one as uh, series questions, um, and it's more so just observations. 
looking at differences between the regular season and the playoffs, mm -hmm. uh, just some statistics. And looking at, um, I have two, four, six, I have eight. I have eight of them. Mm -hmm. So some of them are good. Some of them are really bad. And I'm not going to point blame at any of them just because it doesn't pay. It's It pays no no benefit to anybody to sit and play the blame game. So I'm just pointing out observations, and these obviously will be opportunities for improve. So Giannis points per game, uh, regular season 31.1, playoffs 23.3. That's I do think the injury was a factor, and he had the shortened game one, so that does also um, count as a factor. Um, James said, you know, what's funny is going through losing does actually help you manage when to win. I was 12 when the Saints won the Super Bowl, but seeing how happy my older sister was, who has about six years on, he was amazing. And I can imagine how it was for the older fans to finally see it happen. I mean, I don't want to go through like a 108-year drought like the Cubs did. But, I mean, you know, going through going through some losing seasons does make you appreciate when you have the, the championship seasons or the, you know, the great seasons True. True. Um, that you exceed expectations. So, um. Chris Middleton, points per game, 15.1 in the regular season, 23.8 in the playoffs, uh, 4.2 rebounds a game in the regular season, 4.9 in the postseason, and then um, 6.4 rebounds in the regular season, 6.2, or sorry, assists. Um, nope, sorry, I read that wrong. 6.4 in the regular season 6.2 assists in the playoffs so chris middleton pretty solid playoff run to average 23.8 4.9 rebounds and 6.2 assists mm -hmm. um so a lot of people complaining that the bucks need a legit number two and they really had one chris middleton was was his legit number two self he averaged 23 5 and 6 i mean from your from your number two guy i mean you can't really complain about that and I know there were plenty of people that complained about his defense, say that, oh, Jimmy Butler walked past him every time. Chris Middleton finished the playoffs with a team high plus 2.6. Hmm. So if you're if you're still on the bash Chris Middleton train, I mean the facts just don't agree with you. And at that point, you're you're really basing your opinion on feelings and not facts. Drew Holiday's three-point percentage, regular season, 38.4, playoffs, 28.6. That one hurts, and it's not not that I'm losing confidence in Drew Holiday because he's still a great player. Bobby Portis, three-point percentage, regular season, 37, playoffs, 27.8. Javon Carter, three-point percentage, regular season, 42.1%, playoffs, 14.3%. Yikes. Um, Giannis free throw percentage regular season 64.5 playoffs 45.2 now we got a couple couple more good ones Pat Connaughton three point percentage regular season 33.9 playoffs 47.8 and Grayson Allen three point percentage regular season 39.9 playoffs 48.3. Okay. So Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, and Grayson Allen, they stepped their games up in the playoffs. They All yep. three of them, they did. Um, 
Uh, no complaints about those three. And I'm not going to complain about anybody else. I'm still going to frame it as opportunity to improve. And, you know, we've, we've seen um, Giannis talk about it, that it's building blocks. So, you know, Giannis is probably already back to work uh, getting ready for next season. Nope. He and wants to leave Milwaukee. He wants to go to a big market. <laughs> Didn't you hear the rumor? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was a really reputable source. May and believes. Yeah. Until Giannis says it, I don't believe it. Agreed. Anyways, Josh asked, is Allen returning next season or is he a free agent? He is a free agent. As is Brooke Lopez and Javon Carter can be. Wesley Matthews is a free agent. Uh, Thanasis is a free agent. That won't last long. (laughs) I know, right? He'll be he'll be back on the veteran minimum soon. Um, yeah, coach points. We're not we're not here for speculation. That's why we don't post speculation on the page because we're not here for it. Yeah, Budenholzer said he believes that Giannis may want to. Neither of those things are are definitive. Um, so as for going forward. And this will be this will be an offseason thing, and this is something we'll talk about. First things first, and this goes for regular season and playoffs, and it's going to go for every single team that we talk about, is people need to stop overrating project players just because the current ones didn't meet expectations. I mean this so strongly. I am tired of seeing people saying that Jordan Wara or Sandro Memukalashvili would have helped us in this Miami Heat series. I also saw somebody say that Marjan Bochamp would have played just as good defense as Wesley Matthews, and that's bullshit. Straight up. Wesley Matthews is one of our best on-ball defenders, and literally anybody in the NBA will tell you that. Anybody on the coaching staff will tell you that. Anybody that comments on Bucks games will tell you that, that Wesley Matthews is a great on-ball defender, and Marjan is not at that level yet. No, Bill, they're not. I won't say their name on the show because I don't want to put the slander out there, but I will answer your, your question that you're commenting at the 2553 mark that, no, they are not a reliable source. Uh, heavy rumor mill over there at best. At best, he says. <laughs> but we're super excited about Marjan. He's got a much higher ceiling than Wesley Matthews, but his current uh, his current development is not where current Wesley Matthews is. Agreed. Um, we we talked about it during the season at points that Marjan's got some work to do defensively um, with positioning, uh, using his his feet instead of his hands to defend, and not reaching at the ball. So Marjan much higher ceiling. He's not here to give us 30 minutes in the playoffs in his rookie season. Right. I'm not even going to come because it's stupid, but. And then I want to pose basically, basically the same questions that I did last week with uh, one. Do you want the emotions of your past and your future? And two, this is related to it. Would you be proud of how you reacted? If let's, I'm just going to give you a hypothetical, but let's say the Milwaukee Bucks win the championship next season. And the first thing that Giannis says after they win the championship is we wouldn't be here without the lessons we learned from losing in the first round of the Miami heat last year. Would you be proud of the way that you reacted when this series ended? 
There's going to be a lot of people that would lie with that answer. That's all I'm going to say. And here's the thing. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if you're going to lie about that, like what else are you going to lie to yourself about? <laughs> Never mind. That's a loaded question. That's a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> it's a loaded question, bro. I'm moving on here. <laughs> um, it's it's been a work in progress and it's taken a while, but we've I've really gotten to a point where I can separate myself and my mindset from the results. Yep. And and be able to focus on what's next. And we did mention this last week that it, it does benefit our ourselves that we aren't just a Bucks show or a Packers show or a Brewers show. We do focus on all of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Bucks season ended and now Brewers move into the forefront. I won't lie. It definitely helped, I think, both of us uh, mentally to go straight from a disappointment to right to the NFL draft. That right was to the like, draft. Because yep. that, it's, that's an exciting agree. time, you know, unknowns and all that. So, yeah. I feel I feel that the draft itself is really just a time of of optimism because you're like, all right, if all these players pan out, you know, we can, you know, we can build this, we can build that. Right. It's a time of of building optimism, growth mindset. Imagine right. if we had that mindset all the time. <laughs> Be a much uh, better world to live in. That's all I know. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. Um, Josh said I was bummed when they lost. I knew the heat wouldn't be easy. Always a question team. Never know what you'll get. And I know I was sent screenshots of somebody saying that Eric Spolstra is not a good coach. Man, yeah. Eric Spolstra, I said it confidently that I would feel without even thinking about it, putting him as a top five coach. He's probably a top three coach in the NBA. Oh, easily. easily. And I'll throw this out there. On the surface, like, yeah, Nick Nurse looks like a good option to replace Budenholzer, but he has almost the exact same resume, just not as long. Yep, I agree. Uh, I'm going to dive into it deeper, but it's on the surface, it's not not a perfect swap. Um, Taylor said, I'd, I'd say I'm proud of how I reacted, especially from the help from y'all after that show before Game 5. We got real last week. We <laughs> We got... We got we got deep last week uh, talking about going into Game Five. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh said, "When you shoot fifty percent from three in a series, chances are you aren't going to get booted." And the, it wasn't even just that the Bucks weren't playing good defense; it's like the Miami was just unconscious making contested threes. Yeah. Uh, Bill said, "I get a kick out of the talking heads that grade the teams and how they got drafted." I know a guy that wanted to do draft grades, but we decided to do takeaways instead. Uh, oh, hi, sorry, Jake. Uh, hey. <laughs> that's it, grading is just such a such a subjective thing that we'd rather look at the potential uh takeaways and you know the potential fit of players i saw somebody bring up the seahawks 2012 draft where they picked uh bruce Irvin, bobby wagner and russell wilson and people were giving them draft f's it was bleacher report gave them f's on all three picks mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah you know that team just you know casually won a super bowl no big deal Turned into one it's, of the best defenses of all time. Exactly. It was amazing. It's so subjective. We'd rather just look at takeaways and what the potential fits are. Um, Taylor, I I will happily accept that comment as a compliment um, that we give you clarity. I That's all I can ask for is, is for people to feel like they have some clarity, some open-mindedness. 
uh, yes. when it comes to Wisconsin sports. So we're going to start with our power pair for the Brewers. We're going to move on. We'll close the book uh, for now on the Bucks. We'll move on to the Brewers. Uh, we'll start with our power pair uh, and our underrated performer. So, Jake, give me your um, give me your power position player. <clears throat> so this was tough. Um, I had to go with uh, kind of a field pick, but I went with uh, Contreras. Um, I just love uh, – he has the highest average on the team still, so that helps. Uh, um, and then also, I mean, he, he he didn't hit for a great average, but he got on base a ton. Um, he did get some big-time RBIs this week for us in that Angel series, uh, game two especially. Um, and then uh, he's just – he's reliable. So that's why I picked Contreras. Yeah, that's a totally good reason. Um, on the quick on the draft, James said draft grades are honestly bogus because we have no idea how those players would produce in the NFL, and that's exactly right. Uh, for me, for Pizzo, sorry, power position player, just try to turn those two words into one word. <laughs> I went with Rowdy Telez. Uh, in the three games that he played out of the four, uh, he was five for 11, had two doubles, two RBI, zero strikeouts. And a baby. He was hitting that, the cover off the ball. That this was week. the big swing for me. Was that Rowdy Telez in his last eleven at bats? Sorry, twelve at bats because he did draw a walk. Had zero strikeouts. I like that. that. That was a good thing for me. Uh, who was your pitcher? Uh, I picked Freddie. Um, and I know this is kind of cheating because we already good talked pick. about his start last week versus the Tigers, but um, I just combined both of them together. He's been tremendous. Uh, twelve innings pitched, uh, twelve hits. Uh, three walks, which isn't great. He had all three last night. Um, he, he only gave up four runs total and hit 18 strikeouts, man. His stuff has been electric. It has been nasty. Um, he's, he's hitting 96. His curveball looks disgusting. Um, he's He's got the whole repertoire working for him right now. <laughs> I, I, really want, I really wanted to say repertoire, man. <laughs> You got, you got to work on it a little bit, but you're not, it's not bad. No, no, no. I wanted to say it just like that. It just felt right. <laughs> uh, I went with Joel Piamps. Uh, he's a guy who gave up two uh, two runs in an outing about two weeks ago. People complained mm-hmm. about him. And since then, all he's done is shut everything down. So his last three appearances, two and a third innings, uh, two strikeouts, one hit, zero earned runs. And he lowered his ERA over those appearances, those last three appearances. He lowered his ERA by 57 points. Oh my gosh. He went from a 37 or 327 to a 270 ERA over those. I like that. Um, Josh asked, How long has Freddie been on the Brewers? I feel like that dude's been on the team since the Brave Days. <laughs> He's been here since 2018. Yeah. So, you know, the Brave Days. He made cool. his debut in the same place that he pitched last night. So, oh. There you go. Fun fact. Yeah. All right. So let's start with the Angels series. Uh, what stood out to you from Brewers Angels game one? All right. Hang on. Let me uh, turn back here. Um, so Brewers Angels game one. Here we go. Um, Wade Miley. Another Wade Miley fucking masterclass, dude. We talked about this guy all last week. Uh, yeah, he gave up seven hits, but he had zero walks, gave up only one earned run, and he just he just gets people out. Like point blank, period. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Joel Piamps, he was, uh, tremendous in this game. Uh, Strzelecki was tremendous. Uh, going back to the first inning, Willie got us, got us off to a really, really good start. Had a first inning home run, 406 feet on that baby. So get the tape measure out for that one. Um, 
And then the other RBI in the game, because the Brewers ended up winning this one two to one, uh, was Rody Telez. Rody got his 20th RBI of the season. Mm. Uh, he got back to back sinkers. Uh, the first one was a ball high and away. Uh, the second one, I should have wrote down the pitcher's name, forgot it. Um, but he missed inside. And I'll tell you what, Rowdy Telez did not miss the second sinker. He crushed that son of a bitch. And he put he gave the Brewers the lead. Um, now the thing I want to talk about with Devin Williams is all three of his outs came from the changeup. That thing is magical. Um and, the airbender for nothing. Yeah, right. Um his <clears throat> second batter that he faced, he gave him three straight changeups, all swings and misses. All three of them. All swings and misses on all three of the changeups. Uh, the final out he got, he threw five pitches. Uh, final battery threw five pitches. Um, fastball, fastball, uh, changeup, fastball, changeup, and the last, the last changeup ended up getting them. And good golly, god, that thing is disgusting. So Devin Williams' changeup still definitely a weapon. Just wanted to point that out real quick. Yeah, but Brewers needed a, a good win, a good two to one kind of kind of win. I feel like so um, they got it, and it, it was a great way to start this series. So the Brewers were coming off of a two and four week and then starting a new homestand with the Angels. Or sorry, not starting a new one, but um, continuing a homestand, finishing. That's the word. Yep, yep. And the game starts. Mike Trout gets a jam single. And Luke Voigt gets a nice play on a Shohei Otani fielder's choice. Um, almost had the double play. Uh, the bad relay throw by Willie Adamas allowed him to advance to second base. But uh, Wade Miley got out of it with a fly ball. And then, like Jake said, in the bottom of the first inning, uh, Willie Adamas made up for the error with a no doubt. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Home run. One of those where you just see it go off the bat and you're like, yep, that's gone. And then you just got to watch it fly. (laughs) Um, Top of the second inning, we got another Wade Miley pickoff. So that's back-to-back starts for Wade Miley with a pickoff. We're gonna have um, to start tracking his pickoffs, dude. We really, yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got if he's got two of them, he's got to be leading the league. Oh, or damn close, tied for I first, mean, maybe. Got to be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, top of the fourth inning, the Angels did string some two out hits together, but I want to give some credit to Joey Weimer, and he was almost my underrated performer, which we we didn't give, so we got to go back to that. Um, <laughs> uh, Joey Weimer was almost my underrated performer. Because even though he's not hitting well, he is playing great defense in a role that he was not expected to be in. Joey Weimer was not expecting to be the everyday center fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers coming into 2023. And that's the role that he's filling now. Um, So that, that nice catch at the wall that Joey Weimer made did limit the Angels' damage to only one run, which proved to be extremely important. Top of the seventh, Joel Piams had a good inning, including a Willie Webb gem uh, sliding in between the shortstop third base hole and then making a throw to first base. Top of the eighth, Peter Struzecki, tough inning, a great stretch by Luke Voigt for the third out. Bottom of the eighth, uh, Wilson Contreras, single, Mike Brasso, single, Brian Anderson, fielder's choice, so we got 
first and third with one out. And um, Luke Voigt struck out, brings up Rowdy Telez with another two-out RBI single off of a left-handed pitcher. So Rowdy Telez just out here doing it all. Top of the ninth, good defense by Brian Anderson, Willie Adamas, and Luke Voigt, plus one nasty strikeout like Jake mentioned. Um, sealed the win. Uh, Brasso and Rowdy Telez each had two hits. Willie Adamas hit a home run. He's been on base with this game up to this game, been on base in 24 out of 26 games. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wade Miley, six innings, seven hits, did only give up the one run like Jake said and two strikeouts, and then turned it over to the bullpen. Joel Pyams, Peter Suzuki, Devin Williams. Three innings, two hits, no runs, W. So I'm going to jump back to this real quick. Who was your underrated performer for this week? I picked Owen Miller. Um, I feel like he was uh, good defensively, gave up some good at-bats. Um, again, I pointed out Contreras in that second game that we're going to talk about now. Um, he was really good. He had two runs and a walk in that game. Um he he was just he was he's a good utility player off the bench for the Brewers. And I wanted to give him some love. And a Wisconsin native for that. So yeah, true. I actually have the pickoff stat by the way, if you want to hear it. Oh, all right, sure. Good um, Brett Suter, Brent Suter, and Julio Urias have three, so they're tied for first. Okay, so um, right now he's tied for third. Third. Uh, Patrick Corbin, uh, Bailey Falter. Wade Miley and Ryan Weathers are tied for third at two. So I mean, hmm. he, he gets he gets three in a row, then he's going to be tied for first and have three in a row. So that'll be impressive. That, that would be second. legit. <laughs> so I went with Colin Ray uh, because of his start in Game Three against the Angels. He did not win the game, yeah. but that's what makes an underrated performer because you look over the game like, oh, I don't care if a guy played well in a game the Brewers lost. I care. He was I care really in good. that situation. So. Before we get to last night's game, um, this is what Colin Ray had done was he was five innings pitched, three hits, one walk, nine strikeouts, which up to yesterday's game was the most strikeouts by a starter this season. Mm. Only gave up two runs in five innings. Um, and he did a pretty solid job working against some of the, the best in the business. Yeah, And I'll that. save, I'll save the, the more specific stuff for when we get to that game, but. Uh, let's go back to the Angel series and let's talk about game two. All right. So game two, um, I'm just going to start this off. Um, it is to nobody's surprise that Mike Trout had all five RBIs for the Angels. Absolutely no surprise. No surprise that he also had two home runs. He He's – if he's, he's not the best, this. his teammate is the best. He's the second best player in baseball. And I don't really think that's up for discussion in my opinion. Mike when you Trout factor in defense, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, the only reason I would put Otani above him is because he's a pitcher, obviously, and he's right. tremendous at both. So um, so just want to talk real quick about the pitching, some RBIs, and I'll give some little perspective here. Um, Burns, pretty solid start, six innings pitch, five hits, only one walk, only the one earned run, and five Ks. Um, I will say – Burns did a very nice job. He didn't get a lot of run support last year, so I want to give him a little bit of credit for being able to adjust and sit in the in the in the bullpen for or not the bullpen, the dugout. Sorry about that. Baseball words getting mixed up here. <laughs> um, sit in the dugout for a long time, and we're putting some some runs together, playing some small balls. So that I feel like that's an adjustment for him this year, and he's doing a tremendous job. Um, 
I got really big on the swings and misses this week. He had 15 swings and misses, um, seven of them on the cutter. So, I mean, the cutter nice. the cutter was tight. The cutter was, was tight. Yeah. He he wasn't hanging it this time. He, he had some good as, ones. It seems like as his cutter goes, he goes, which makes yeah. sense for his best pitch and the one he uses the most. And he threw a really, really good one. I don't remember if it was the first or the third inning, but he threw a really, really good cutter to uh, – to Mike Trout, and Mike Trout was able to muscle that son of a bitch into the outfield, and I was just like, "That's Mike Trout, dude!" Like, yeah, it's Mike Trout. That's all you got to say. He's just—he's one of those guys in baseball. Just like when Giannis does something, or LeBron, or whatever in basketball, you're just like, "It's Giannis, bro!" Like that's why all he right. did it. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, uh, Pegero. Sorry, can't say his name very good. Um, he You're was close. all right. He he gave up two earned runs. Um, I want to point something out about Strzelecki, though. Um, something that I think is underrated. He faced three batters in this game. Yeah. Every single batter he faced, he threw a first pitch strike, and he got ahead of them. I think that is an important thing for a bullpen guy. Yeah. I think it's more important for a bullpen guy than than a starter. And because you're coming into the game, you're fresh. You wanna you wanna have a short inning. You wanna make short work. So Strzelecki coming in and being aggressive and getting ahead of every single batter that he faced. I think that that sets him up for success. And obviously, zero hits, zero walks, zero earned runs, and two Ks. Yeah, uh, that the the facts and the stats are speaking to what I'm speaking right now. That's a really good thing to bring up because the opposite happened to Freddie Peralta last night. Uh, the first home run that he gave up, he got behind in the count. Yeah. So, so that's, a, that's a really good call out. So uh, yeah, definitely good good call out on that one. You challenged me this week. I, I did. I did. I was bringing the brain this week, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will read the comments in a second here. Uh, Brees Wilson, um, he got roughed up a little bit. But, again, it's Mike Trout. So, it happens. Um, yeah. Williams comes in, shuts that shit down. Um, uh, now to the RBIs. Winker had two of them. Um, he he got to up to 11. Carantini got an RBI. He also had three walks. Shout out to Carantini. Very good day uh-huh. at the plate. Um, Adamas got his, got another RBI up to 15. Now Contreras got two. uh, hit a, hit a really, really nice looking double to, to left field. He's now up to seven Weimer up to seven RBIs. Here's a couple shout outs. I'm going to make first of all, bottom of the third, we did a tremendous job. Three hits, three runs bottom of the fifth. We had bases loaded. We were literally stacking the bases all night in this game yep. with stacking the bases all night. Six different players scored a run for the Monty <laughs> Brewers against the angels. Out of that is total. <laughs> that is tremendous. That is tremendous. The only guy, yeah, yeah. The only guy that exactly. scored twice yep. is Owen Miller. Your um, underrated performer. Good call. Yeah. So, uh, just a couple of things. You know, Strzelecki getting ahead of the count. Uh, Burns. You know, um, he got a really big double play in the first inning too. By the way, mm-hmm. he got Otani to ground to a double play. Um, that was that was a big time one. And six different players scoring. That's tremendous stuff by the Milwaukee Brewers. This this is what gets Brewers fans excited. Games like yeah. this. Winning games against angels like this. Let me let me just pose it this way about getting excited is being able to win a two to one game and yep. a seven to five game back to back. Just being able to win games in different ways that, in my opinion, is the thing that gets you deep in the playoffs I because agree. you can win a pitcher's duel or you can win an offensive battle. Agreed. You can win a late game, you know, high leverage bullpen situation. Those are the things that take you deep in October, in my opinion. 
Just give me, give me one. Make the make the World Series just one time for my life, so I can say I saw it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, playoff baseball in Miller Park is amazing. Um, American Family Field, it's been okay, but <laughs> I was gonna let it slide because I still call it Miller Park all the time. I, I I mean it the way that I said it because like 2018, but when it was Miller Park, it was electric. Yeah, being there in 2021, it was I was at the only game the Brewers won in the playoffs that series that season, but. I mean, it was it's still fun to be at. Yeah, agreed. So for game two, like Jake said, um, the Angels let off with two singles, and then Corbin Burns got Shohei Otani to ground to a double play, and Hunter Renfro to pop out. <clears throat> Second inning, he got a one-two-three inning with two strikeouts. Top of the third, a couple more base runners, no damage. Christian Yelich made a nice catch on the third out. Jake talked about the bottom of the third inning, um, a walk, a double. And then Victor Caratini scored on a ground out. Um, and then Wilson Contreras. Sorry, ooh, Wilson. I'm in, it's not going to be the last time it happens. Sorry. No, it's not. William Contreras hit a double. Um, and the Brewers were up three to nothing. Top of the fourth inning, Corbin Burns struck out the side. Top of the fifth, the Angels did get a couple hits um, and some in play outs, scored a run for. The Angels, but Christian Yelich made a very nice play in left center to limit the damage to only one run. True. Say what you will about Christian Yelich, but this is the bottom line with Christian Yelich. He plays good defense, elite defense, in my opinion. He doesn't have the best throwing arm, but he's got great range. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. Christian Yelich has his struggles at the plate, but bottom line is he's not going to be DFA'd. No. And he has a no trade clause. So he's not being traded. Christian Yelich is here to stay. If you don't like it, tough. Sorry, not sorry. You might as well cheer for him to get better because it will benefit your favorite team. True. I am sick of Christian Yelich slander. Like, get some new material. He's not going anywhere. Like I said, you might as well just cheer for him to start doing good. True. And recognize that he still plays very, very good defense. He does. He does have great range, so that's a great call-up. He also he can, he can run out a fly ball, man. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um. Jake mentioned the bottom of the fifth inning, getting some more run support. Um, sixth inning, top of the sixth, another one, two, three inning, aided by a Joey Weimer diving catch. So another guy who's struggling at the plate but still playing very, very good defense. Bottom of the sixth, this is where this game got a little interesting. Mm-hmm. And to me, this was an umpire show type thing yeah. where Willie Adamas asked for time stepped out of the batter's box, and then still got a called strike on a pitch. Not to mention that that pitch was probably a good four inches above the strike zone, but because Willie wasn't standing in the batter's box, umpire called it a strike. Then Willie Adamas and the umpire are talking. He's literally talking to the home plate umpire, and the home plate umpire gives him a pitch clock violation. Like, what the He's talking to you. How are you going to give him a pitch clock violation when he's talking to the umpire? Yeah, that was bullshit, dude. That made no sense to me. Yeah. So, I don't. it makes no sense that if the umpire is sitting there going back and forth with him, that the umpire then gives him a pitch clock violation. Like, dude, you are a part of this 
interaction. Yeah, so, you're like 50% of the reason that he's not ready. Exactly. <laughs> so that interaction, yeah. Craig Council, you can see him saying bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Mm-hmm. And Craig Council got tossed for that, which made Craig Council number one in franchise injections. Ha Love it. Love it. <laughs> so I got a franchise milestone out of it anyways. Well, huh. Willie Adamas ended up getting tossed too after the inning was over because he was still arguing about being called when he asked for time, uh, having a pitch called a strike on him, and then being called for a pitch clock violation. Yeah, he was pissed. Uh, top of the seventh. You did bring up Aguero giving up two earned runs, but he did have a very nice seventh inning, a one, two, three inning. Um, putting him out there at the top of the eighth, maybe just not the best call. Um, got into a little bit of trouble with the top of the order. They went single home run, single walk, and then Peter Strzelecki came in, got two strikeouts and a line out uh, to limit the damage. Top of the ninth, Trout again, another two-run home run off of Bryce Wilson, who has been – very good this season. Yes. Nobody's going through the entire season with a 0.0 ERA. Nobody's giving up no runs for the entire season. Not when you have to it's face happen. <laughs> you just got to take it in stride. Yeah. Um, Devin Williams came in to finish the game, and the Brewers got a win, which is what's important. Uh, Corbin Burns, six innings pitched, five hits, five strikeouts, only one walk, and only the one earned run. So as long as Corbin Burns is keeping the walks down and commanding the cutter well, I think the Brewers are going to keep winning – uh, when he's starting games. so Agreed. Uh, let's go to the uh, third game of the series. What stood out to you from that one? Um, so I don't have much on this game because the Brewers' offense didn't have much. But I do have some perspective on the Brewers' offense after you give your few points here. Um, I will say that Colin Ray was very impressive. Um, you have some more numbers on him. You already I do, talked yes. about it, but I'm sure you got some more numbers on him. Uh, Jake Cousins. Also fantastic, and inning in a third only gave up the one, uh, one walk, but he was tremendous. No, no hits, no earned runs. Uh, mm-hmm. Hobie Milner got roughed up a little bit, like you said. You take it in stride. He's not going to be perfect. Right. He's damn near perfect. That throwing form is is something to watch. I'll say that. That's uh, something. <laughs> it's something to watch. Um, he would confuse the hell out of me up there. I would look like a damn fool. Right. I'd be worried he's going to hit me with the ball. I'll be like, what is this man be like, doing? Don't bro? hit me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pimps was okay. Uh, Miller, uh, two two innings pitched, no no hits, no walks, no run runs, one K. Um, yeah, uh, Colin Ray. I wanted to point out real quick. He also had 15 swings and misses, just like Corbin Burns. So back to back days with 15 swings and misses. Um, I have some more swings and misses stats for the, the game that was last night, but I'm going to let you give your points, and then I have some perspective on the Brewers' offense. All right, so top of the first inning, Colin Ray did a fantastic job to strike out not only Mike Trout, but also Shohei Otani. He yeah, got man. Shohei Otani to literally swing out of his helmet. Man. I was like, damn, like Colin Ray, like – he's going to need a wheelbarrow to carry his nuts in because that was some big boy stuff in the first inning to strike out Mike Trout and Shohei Otani like that. That's tough, bro. Uh, It took him 26 pitches, but Colin Ray got through the first with no runs and three strikeouts. Top of the second inning, Colin Ray went strikeout, ground out, solo homer, and then a fly out. Um, Bottom of the second, Brewers got a couple of runners, but no runs. Top of the third, Colin Ray, another great job to strike out Mike Trout. Oh, Shohei Otani got got some revenge on him with another solo home run. 
Um, so both of those solo home runs came with two outs. Yep. Uh, kind of a tough spot to be in, but through four innings, Colin Ray had strike, uh, struck out eight batters. That is a new career high for him. Um, bottom of the fourth, Brian Anderson led off with a double and was stranded there. Um, fifth and sixth innings were quiet for both teams. Seventh mm-hmm. inning, Angels got a single, a walk, and a single. Uh, made it 3-0. Colin Ray went through this game. Five innings pitched, three hits, one walk, nine strikeouts, which before yesterday's game was the most by a starter this year and only gave up two runs. If the Brewers win this game, we are talking about how Colin Ray pitched a gem, had a great, magnificent outing, and is a fantastic pitcher. That's why I put him in my underrated performer because even though the Brewers lost this game, Colin Ray had a very, very good game. I agree with that. Uh, one that was deserving of a win just didn't just didn't come down for him. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned Cousins and Tyson Miller, who made his debut for the Brewers. Um, I'll let you give your your couple um, perspectives with the Brewers, and then I want to give a couple statistics about April before we get into the Rockies game. Okay, so the Brewers last year, you know, people are complaining about the the batting average and and the runs and all this stuff, right? So. Um, last year, the Brewers averaged 4.48 runs per game. That is the 23rd consecutive season under five runs per game. La- yeah. The last time they were over five runs per game was 1999. That's surprising that none of the, like, 2008 to 2011 teams did it. Right? Um, hmm. This year, you know, this is after the Angels series. Um, they're averaging 4.75 runs per game. So, hmm. or 5.7, sorry. So, I mean, they're close. They're itching up there. Once the home run numbers get up there, you know, the in and the thing about the home run numbers, this is part of the perspective. 25 of our 33 home runs so far this year are solo shots. Oof. Yeah. So, averaging 4.5 runs per game. And only having only and 25 of the 33 home runs are solo shots. That's kind of a positive takeaway for me because that's telling me that eventually this thing's just going to pop off. Yeah. You know? And I'm expecting William Contreras to start hitting some more home runs. Yeah. Too. And at 24 last year, I don't think it's going to, a lid's going to stay on him forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, Winker could, Winker's the kind of guy, in my opinion, that could just get hot for a few weeks and, and mm. Yelly, could, Yelly could get, get hot for a few weeks. And I'll say Weimer you know, can get in there. Weimer, you know, um, Telez, obviously we know can, he can all of a sudden go on a two week tear where he's hitting a bunch of home runs. And I mean, that's just the, the positive perspective that I'm taking away from this. William so the next home run is going to be his hundredth career homer. Think about that. Right. So, and then also, you know, we want to talk about runners and scoring position. That's a big topic. Um, Tyler brought something up before the show that I was like, this is why we need to have more conversations. Cause I could have got that too, but runners in scoring position, uh, the average and the strikeouts uh, and with runners in scoring position. Last year, we were both tw- we were 20th in both of those. So this year, we we're 12th best in average. So, I mean, you're you're above the median line, right? You're yeah. above the middle. You're in the top half. You're, you're, you're positive, right? And then uh, the, the sixth fewest strikeouts with runners in scoring position. So they're being more patient. Um, they're getting more hits. And, you know, you take all this stuff together – you yeah you could you could really really tell yourself that this Brewers offense has a ton of potential, and it's gonna it's gonna explode at some point, and I'm really 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 excited for it. Yeah, Taylor said he's waiting for Weaver to pop, and that he loves the small ball play so far this year. And um, Winker is a guy who can bring power to the lineup. I'm just loving seeing him putting the ball in play constantly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I noticed with Rowdy Telez over the last week without the zero strikeouts. Um, and as for small ball, I like that the Brewers are manufacturing runs without sacrificing outs. Yeah. Because I I made this point 169 times last year that bunting <laughs> does not benefit you. Your opponent wants you to bunt because you are giving them free outs. That's fair. Um, so to manufacture runs by walking, stolen bases, just putting the ball in play, opposite field hits. Jesse Winker's been doing with that. William Contreras has been fantastic putting the ball into the opposite field. Christian Yelich, despite having a lower batting average, does also use the opposite field well. Um, that's that's the type of stuff that sticks out to me with small ball. For the month of April, the Brewers finished 18-10. and 10. That's third in the National League. And that's with Brandon Woodruff, Garrett Mitchell, Luis Urias, Tyrone Taylor, Aaron Ashby, Gus Varland, Adrian Hauser, all of those guys missing from the lineup. That's a few. Yeah. Um, and then Taylor said both catchers have been fantastic. Taylor, I just I wrote an article about it. The Brewers catching lab is at it again with William yeah. Contreras. Like my bold prediction was that he was gonna go from 48th to top 24, and he's literally number two in pitch framing. So William yeah. Contreras has been absolutely yeah. fantastic. Victor Caratini's been good, not great. Uh, but as far as a backup catcher go, you could do a lot worse than Victor Caratini. Um, Bill, have a good night, and we'll we'll be here. Um, and then for the Brewers' defense, so for the month of April, the Brewers had 26 defensive runs saved. That led Major League Baseball in the month of April. So the Brewers had the best defense in the month of April. Damn. I actually kind of expected that because we play some really goddamn good defense, dude. Mm-hmm. Bryce Rang is a part of that. So another guy who's struggled at the plate a little bit, but is mm-hmm. bringing elite defense. So I'm assuming you're looking up uh, to answer. I am. I am. I am. You All can right. keep going. I'm almost there. Um, I'm ready to start with the Rockies. Uh, the uh, where the Brewers are hitting 241, which is 20th. But honestly, they're like they're literally five points away from being top 15. So, I mean. Need a little bit more sample to spread the. Yeah. Spread if, the if, they can, if they can get five to, to eight more, they'll be top half of the, of the league. So, I mean, they're, they're getting there. <clears throat> yeah. Taylor Weimer is at the top of that list. Um, Weimer, Yelich, and Terang are three guys who, despite not hitting well, are, are still playing very elite defense. I agree. So looking at last night's game, we got Tyrone Taylor back. Um, he made a great, great play in right field on a catch him out, throw him out at home uh, play that that kept that game uh, in in reach for the Brewers. But top of the first inning, Rowdy Telez had another double. He's been super hot lately. Freddie Peralta is back where it all started. Um, the Brewers' hit celebration now is doing the the two slaps on the thighs and then the purple cobras hiss. So they've taken their hit celebration straight out of dodgeball. I love it. Awesome. It's because um, dodgeball two's been announced, dude. That's why. Oh my god, I can't wait. Oh top of the second inning. Uh Bryce Durang hit a single and stole a base. We went two innings and three runners stranded in scoring position. That's kind of the thing where it's hitting with runners in scoring position is still gonna be a point of opportunity for the Brewers, just something they need to get better at. Mm-hmm. Something they need to take advantage of. 
uh, bottom of the second inning, Freddie Peralta was doing a fantastic job of mixing fastballs with his off-speed stuff and changing levels. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing for me. He's throwing up fastballs a little bit higher, and then he's going to the bottom of the zone with his off-speed stuff. So when he throws a curveball that looks like it's going to hit right in the middle of the plate and it just completely drops out, like he was making guys look silly. Yeah, uh, no struck chance. out the side in the second inning. Uh, bottom of the third inning, I did mention that's where he got behind in, in a count, gave up the solo home run and a couple more base runners, but did strike out C.J. Crone to get out of the inning. Top of the fourth, again, hurt by another solo home run. Um, and then we got yeah. the Tyrone Taylor fly out and throw him out at home that did limit Colorado to one run. Bottom of the fifth, um, four and two-thirds innings, Freddie Peralta had tied his career high with 22 whiffs. Then he got number 23 on the last out of the fifth inning. Just a nasty pitch, too, honestly, yeah. um, to finish that one off in the fifth inning. Top of the sixth inning, Christian Yelich hits a double. 109.5 miles an hour off the bat. Yikes. That is smoked. Hit the yeah. ball 421 feet. That double would have been a home run in 21 out of 30 ballparks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's 70% of, of ballparks, that that's a home run. Um, Brewers were in business after Jesse Winker drew a walk. Um, Rockies second baseman. I can't even be mad because this is this is crazy play. Uh, kind of taking a couple steps as Willie Adamas is swinging, takes him a couple steps into the second base, first base hole, makes a diving catch to get Willie Adamas into a fielder's choice. Otherwise, that would have been a uh, an RBI single for Willie Adamas. Rowdy Telez followed it with a double. His was 108 miles an hour off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the game 2-1, to one, and then William Contreras had a ground out that made the game 2-2. Two to two. Bottom of the sixth inning, Bryce Terang and Willie Adamas is a double play combo that I hope to be watching for years to come. I agree. Um, Freddie Peralta had 10 strikeouts. It was a season high for Brewers starters. Jake's got a Jake's got a pretty good whiff stat that's impressive with Freddie Peralta. But top of the seventh inning, Tyrone Taylor did um, start this game 0 for 3, but he was showing pretty good plate discipline. So I will will take that. You know, this is baseball being a game of failure where, you know, if you succeed 30% of the time, you're great at it. Uh, For for Tyrone Taylor to be making his season debut and going 0 for 3, I looked a little bit closer at his at bats, and he he showed some pretty good plate discipline. So I am I'm content with Tyrone Taylor. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the seventh, Joel Piams pitched a scoreless inning. Uh, bottom of the eighth, Peter Strzelecki two hits, got Colorado in a run, three um, two, and it's the situation where we've said it a bunch of times, like nobody's going through the entire season giving up zero runs. Yeah. Um, top of the ninth, this this one hurts. This one hurts. William Contreras hit a double. That one would have been a home run. Guess how many ballparks? 29 of 30. 28. Oh. Could you imagine hitting a double that would have been a home run in 28 out of 30 ballparks and Coors Field isn't one of them? Ugh. What's the other one? Do you know? I don't know. Um, oh. But it would have been a home run at American Family Field. I do know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Freddie Peralta finished the game, six innings pitch, seven hits, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts, and three walks. Joel Piams had a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. Peter Suzuki mm-hmm. gave up just the one run. And Jesse Winker, Rowdy Telez, and Bryce Terang were all two for three. Um, what stood out to you from last night's game? Well, I wanted to give a shout out to the Rockies overall. You you brought up the the play by the second baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, who the hell was it? It might have been the like one of the last outs of the game, but a freaking ball just smoked right over the middle in the in the oh the shortstop the shortstop yeah. decides to jump freaking twelve feet in the air, turn into Vince Carter for some reason, but, like that DK Metcalf edited video. Yeah, bro, he got it. They, they played some really really good defense. Yeah, their middle played. infielders were great. Um, they. I was I was watching uh, a replay of the game, and the the Rockies uh, uh, broadcasters even even said that this might be the best defensive game that the Rockies played all year. And you know that's just it is what it is, man. They've been um, one of the worst defensive teams in baseball through this season, so I have no problem saying it was their best defensive game of the year. Yeah, um, get a little tired I, of outliers happening to our teams. God damn it! Yeah, what the hell? Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Tyron Taylor because that was a fucking rope, dude. Yeah. That was a rope. If <laughs> that was literally a perfect throw, if that if that so throw was dead off at all, strike that one rope. hopper, so it didn't come in too hot. William Contreras yeah. wanted to do it as a bang, bang, Boom. out, see ya. Right, right. Um, so that was that was uh, impressive by him. Um, Telez absolutely smoked his double. That thing was freaking ripped. And yes, Contreras did as well, but. Telez is – I don't know. I, I, I like Big Rowdy for some reason, man, but his double – You relate just... to him on a personal, physical level? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, also, I got some stats here. Uh, you said you said the, the swing and miss stats. So, 25 is a career high for Freddie. Um, yep. 22 was his previous high. Uh, actually happened in his last start. So, his last two starts, 47 swings and misses. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um his 25 swings and misses are tied for second most all time at Coors Field since the Statcast pitching tracking became available in 2008. So that's nuts. Um, Freddie got his first 10 strikeout game of the year, um, seventh of his career. So take that for what it is. And then here's one that I really love. Freddie loves pitching at Coors. Right? He's only the second opposing player to have multiple 10 plus strikeout games the other player randy johnson who did it three times freddie's only pitched there twice yeah i know think about that randy johnson played in that division <laughs> yeah so he's had two starts there both from 10 plus strikeouts wow we should just always start him at course field yeah yeah we <laughs> let's just yeah let's just play at course field all the rest of the season yeah i mean Freddie, I'm, every, I'm every freddie peralta start has been moved to course field <laughs> works for me and and no doubles allowed no doubles allowed yeah all the brewers doubles uh have to convert into home runs <laughs> so looking at what's next for the brewers we got two more against the rockies three against san francisco in san francisco mm-hmm. and then three at home against the dodgers that is the first of two home stands for the brewers we will be at the game on may 22nd in the second home stand that is the series opener against the astros uh, we have two more shows between now and then. But next week, we're going to have a lot more Brewers games to talk about. Only four this week, but we will have eight next week. So doubling the amount of Brewer games we have. A lot of Brewers talk coming next week. So out of eight games, uh, two against the Rockies, three against the Giants, and three against the Dodgers. 
I'm gonna. Um, two and one. I'm gonna go with five and three. I'm just gonna look for the Brewers to win series. That's really what I'm gonna look for. Um, yeah. I expect the Brewers to win the two against the Rockies. Take two out of three against the Giants. Two out of three against the Dodgers. And uh, let's get a let's get a five and three week between today and next Wednesday. I am also gonna go with a five and three. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking the same thing. They're gonna win the next two. Um, you know, if you're going to be a really good team, you have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Um, in 2021, when the Brewers won 96 games, they were tremendous against teams under 500. They won like 63 or 64 games that year against teams under 500, beat the hell out of the people you're supposed to beat. Last year, they were only 10 games above 500. Uh, they were 10 games better than 500 against teams under 500. They were 54 and 44. So if you want to be a really good team, you've got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Um, so far this year after last night, they're six and four. So let's, let's, uh, let's get that to seven and four tonight, get it to eight and four. Um, let's just, let's beat up on the people that you're supposed to beat. Right. Um, and then we'll take care of the rest after that. So I expect that to happen. I expect them to take two out of three from the giants and probably drop one to the Dodgers because it's, uh, they want to ruin one of my days next week. I never want them to lose to the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. It'll be one of those scenarios where like the Brewers will line up against Julio Urias. Yeah. Just a, a stud pitcher. And I wish he was on anybody but the Dodgers. I agree. Um, and, and that'll be, you know, the, that'll be the, the game the Brewers lose two to one after winning the first one, seven to zero, and then six to three. Right. <laughs> the first two games of the series. Right. Um, but yeah, Taylor, Taylor, if you can make it, we'd love to see you out there. Um, yes, sir. Taylor said the 22nd is right after work, so he should be able to make it. That is a 6:40 time. We didn't say that at all, but um, yeah. that'll be 6:40 on the 22nd, and Jake and I'll be there as early really as we fun. possibly can get in there. Yep. Um, Agreed. Uh, so we can hopefully put out a bunch of content while we're in American Family Field. It's a very exciting time for us. Um, yeah. to to be able to do something like this. So we're really looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Uh, blessed. Yes. And we are going to be doing a full draft recap. That's going to be May 19th. So not this Friday, not the following Friday, but the Friday after that. Uh, that's when we're going to do our full draft recap. And then we'll, uh, we'll definitely have some more uh, shows Packer related with Simon and Bryant planned for this summer. Um, Maybe just Simon. Maybe just Simon. <laughs> we'll see. We got to make sure his Canadian internet's going to hold up. <laughs> Love it. All right. If you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. I have nothing else, man. Go Brewers. All right. Yeah. Let's go Brewers and keep an eye on the Wisco Fanatics um, page this month. We have posts for Mental Health Awareness Month coming every single day. So keep an eye out for that. Um, he is in Alaska, Taylor. I'm still just enjoying making fun of the Canadian internet. Um, <laughs> Who's going to call him Canadian? <laughs> might as well be. If, if we get called Canadian for being in Wisconsin, we can call him Canadian for being in Alaska. Bro, he's definitely more Canadian in Alaska. That's totally No, no contest. Definitely more Canadian. All right. We'll see you next week. A lot more brewers to talk about next week. Oh, good. Greg, Greg we'll, we'll see you next, next week. week. You can always watch it. Yes, oh, yeah, Barrow's Canada internet. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.